0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Today, I'm going to talk to you about getting free from traumas. I am certainly no authority. I do understand and have been taught by some of the best that trauma lives in your subconscious. There are three levels of the subconscious. The deeper it gets into your subconscious, the more you are governed by it. And because it is your subconscious, you are not aware of it. And so it is extremely important that we bring those things to the light. Because what the light reveals, the light heals. And you've heard me say many times and now I'm hearing it all over the place and that is you have to feel to heal. I had the most revelational summer I think I've had in my life and the Lord has done a deeper work in me in a shorter time because time has been accelerated if you're not aware of that. But in a shorter time than I believe I have ever, ever experienced. And so I want to bring you on that journey with me. But first of all, Before we get into this, I want to say one thing that I was standing over here just thinking about, and and the Spirit of the Lord ministered this to me, and, and it is this. In order to get healed, in order to get well, for many of you, there's only one thing God is asking you to do, and I don't know what that one thing is. Just one thing. What is your one thing? One little step, and I'm going to use somebody who's here today, I'm not going, I don't have permission to do this, so I'm not going to say her name, but if she decides I can say her name, you can just stand up and wave and jump up and down, and then I'll know. But, so a very, very close uh, daughter of mine, not biological daughter, but I consider her a daughter in the Lord. Um. Recently, her very beloved dog died. Now, those of you who love your pet, you know it is like losing a family member. In fact, my Winnie is going to go down in the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest living dog in history. I can assure you of that. And she is a mix between a Maltese and a Shih Tzu, but every time, I always take her wherever anybody allows dogs, and when people that don't allow dogs are very sick people in my estimation. And so anyway, I had her at Hobby Lobby, and so every time I take her to Hobby Lobby, every woman in there, and as you know, you rarely see a man in Hobby Lobby for some reason. But every woman will stop me. Every woman. And oh, she's so cute. And every woman that stops me always says, Maltese, right? And then I have to go through, well, she's a malshi, You know, she's a mix and blah, blah, blah. So this lady yesterday took it upon herself to tell me about her 13-year-old and 10-year-old Maltese and how Maltese is. One problem with them is they always go blind. And I am just... By, and so i understand that 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 is a very painful thing and so she had to put down her beloved dog and she was really grieving as all of us would do and but i knew i knew in my heart that the lord had another dog for her sooner than she thought the reverend jack taylor who's now in heaven used to always say the cure for a lost puppy is a new puppy and so um, I communicated her one day, and being the very shy person I am, I said, "You need another dog." And I got the same answer that I expected, I'm not ready." And isn't that what you say? I'm not ready. Well, when is ready. I mean, when is ready. And so I said I just had this thought: Foster so I gave her the name of a particular rescue. She, she loves rescues, as do many people. And I gave her the name of a rescue. And, and I just said, just foster. That's all you have to do. And, of course, I knew 100% <laughs> what would happen. But I just gave her one thing. So she took that one step and filled out the paperwork to foster. And wouldn't you know that they had the exact mix, the breed, she wanted. A puppy, a three-month-old, beautiful puppy. Gore. This dog's gorgeous. So she brings home the dog. She sends me a picture. Love him already. But, oh, we're not going to make a rash decision. Except three days later, when Jesus was resurrected, <laughs> they adopted that dog. And her broken heart became whole now I told you that to say I'm standing over here and I hear the Holy Spirit say ask him to ask me for that one thing that one thing that he wants you to do it might require humility it might be painful it might be something you don't want to do one thing just one thing all right now for the message during my journey, I, was, I happened to meet someone, I'm not going to tell the whole story, who is, in a sense, a health coach. He went through a very traumatic time 26 years ago, was sent home to die, uh, treatments failed to work, and he wa- it wasn't working for him anymore, he went home to die, but he, when he did, the Lord said to him, choose life, two words, choose life, one thing, choose life, one thing, and he made a decision, I choose life. And he began to flow with whatever the Lord showed him to do as he was choosing life. And in seven months, he was completely, totally healed from a terminal disease. In seven months. The whole thing reversed. And that was 26 years ago. And he's still well well today. So how do you explain that? He did one thing. He chose life. But as he chose life, the Lord began to deal with him, with the subconscious. And what he learned is that we are all conditioned so that we become spectators instead of creators. You see, God Almighty, the Creator, lives in me. And if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, and if you haven't, there's no time like the present. Today is the day of salvation. Today. The word today in the Greek means at the present. So don't delay. You just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I give you my heart. I invite you into my life. Come into my life and fulfill my purpose for which you created me. It's that easy. And then get in a good Bible teaching church and become a disciple, a learned one. And so so he learned that we're living, living by our conditioning. What is that? All the things that have happened to you rolled into one. Or maybe it's all, you know, I won't watch advertisements. You know why? Back in the old days, whatever the old days were, you know why soap operas were named soap operas? Because all the commercials were about what? Soap. Soap. (laughs) They should now be called pharmaceutical operas. Because all the commercials are about disease, all of them. What is happening, people? Wake up. We're being conditioned. One in four, one in eight, one in ten. I mean, I feel like it's a football game. We're being conditioned. And everything in the news, you name it, it's conditioning. Conditioning. And so then we are living out of that instead of living out of intentional divine purpose. And I refuse to do it. At Chosen next week, I will be sharing. It's actually a recent revelation that has absolutely riveted me and transformed me in ways I cannot even describe to you. So I'm not going to share it with you now. You'll have to come to Chosen. But it's something I'm gonna be talking about a lot in the future. And so I asked the Lord, and I asked actually some medical professionals, including doctors, if all of this about the subconscious is true. Because here's the fact unless we allow the Holy Spirit to bring what is in our subconscious, buried sometimes three layers deep, unless we allow Him to bring it to the forefront of our mind, you won't be healed. You won't be healed. And buried in those three levels are the traumas that we've endured. That is why, and I taught my children, when you have a trauma, your your child falls off a bicycle. What do you do in the name of Jesus? I take authority over that trauma. I forbid it from from burrowing deep inside of your mind. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. But if we're living out of that which which is buried in darkness and we don't even realize it and we compartmentalize things and we refuse to deal with them in the light. I was reading again 1 John 1, one of my favorite chapters in scripture, because it's all about walking in the light as he is in the light. And when you walk in the light, you have fellowship with him and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So I'm allowing the Lord, Lord, anything buried in me, and I'm going to give you scriptures for all of this. Whatever's buried in me, whatever I've suppressed, and whatever I've oppressed, Lord, I give you permission to bring it out. Because Jesus is a gentleman. It is the thief that will barge in. Jesus never will. I've told you many times, the door handle is on our side, not his. In Psalm 107 and verse 20, you know this scripture very well. And mind you, the previous verses say that fools, fools, F-O-O-L-S, fools were sick because of their rebellion. So we're not even talking about upright, righteous people that are living by God's design here. We're talking about people whose own choices had made them sick. But listen to what he said to those people in Psalm 107, verse 20. He sends forth his word, who's the word? Jesus, and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Now, if he did that for fools because of their own rebellious ways brought on their sickness, what do you think he will do for those who are righteous in Christ Jesus? I'm not having it. There's lots I can say. I don't want to give away my chosen message. Sorry. (laughs) This is the scripture I am really meditating on and praying. And if you don't get anything out of today, with all of my heart, I'm asking you to take this scripture and begin to pray it for your own life. Psalm 139, 23, and 24, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. And here you go. And see, God, see, if there be any hurtful or wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The note on this scripture in the Amplified Classic says, see if there be any way of pain in me. See if there's anything in me that could cause me pain. Anything that can hurt me, Lord. Lord. Search me, God. See if there's anything in me that can cause me pain. See, I can see some of you blanked off right now because you don't want to know. I went to a seminar once with Dr. Mark Jones, and he was talking about trauma bonding. And probably you know what that is, but I'm going to give you the, the layman's definition of trauma bonding. When a trauma happens, and it stores in your subconscious, and something happens, using psychological term, to trigger that memory. You're bound to that trauma. And instead of living by response, you live by reaction. I'll give you a good example. When my father had a fatal injury, and I've told I've told you what happened to him, he fell and he hit his head on the sharp edge of a dresser. This happened at 5 something on a Saturday morning. It was actually January 11th of 2013. My mother called me hysterical. I called EMS because I knew she hadn't. When I got to the house, EMS had already come. But I went and I knelt down next to my father, and I saw a sight that I never, ever, ever thought I would see. Excuse me, I need a drink. And literally, I'm, I'm not trying to be too graphic, but, you know, you hear the term a pool of blood. He was in a pool of blood, His eye was coming out of his head, literally. The gash was severe. His hand was broken. It was the size of an elephant. I mean, it was huge. And he was in tremendous, tremendous pain. And so before I ever went there, I started to rebuke death, and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And the Holy Spirit said these words to me I'll never forget. It was very gentle and very kind. He said, I'm taking your dad today. His time on earth is finished. And so I knew that would be the last time I ever saw him alive, and and it was, I mean, they put him on a vent, but he was gone. You know, a vent can keep your body alive for some time, but he was gone. And, well, last year, maybe, I think it was last year anyway, I told the whole story. I'm not going to tell today. I just had a meeting in my home, and uh, Tiffany came running back in. We need towels. This older gentleman had fallen, and uh, he was very injured. And so we got towels. We ran out, and it was the exact picture of my what happened to my father and this gentleman was in a pool of blood he had broken every bone in his face and his neck and there is no reason except divine intervention because we were there that he lived and I remember his wife and I I really wish I had time to tell the story because it was a full circle moment but his wife who previously had not been the nicest person on earth to me Uh, Now I'm her favorite person in the whole world. But I looked at her, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I said, he's going to be fine. And she whipped up at me, and she said, how do you know? And I said, because we're here. I mean, he would have died. He would have bled out. He was on a double dose of Lasix, and he was bleeding profusely. When we took authority over that bleeding, stopped. Well, Delinda, knowing what had happened to me, contacted me later and said, are you okay? And I thought, why is she asking me that? I mean, I had no clue why she was asking me that. Why wouldn't I be okay? And she said, well, because of your father. But you see, when the ambulance took him and I went home to to put on clothes, because, I mean, I had been awakened out of sleep by the phone call. And I went home to put on some clothes to go to the hospital The first thing I did, because I knew what to do, is kneel by my chair and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what was happening at the time of this trauma. And so rather than storing it in my subconscious mind, I immediately had a very clear vision in, in my spirit man. You know you've got a screen on the inside of you, right? And on the screen on the inside of me, I saw five absolutely powerful men Uh, A.K.A. angels. They were clothed in white and they had on sashes. And I literally saw them at the scene of the injury, lifting my father's spirit and taking him to be with the Lord. And at that moment, I was healed. So the trauma bonding was never allowed to bond. Do you understand? But she was sensitive to me. It had no power over me. And so today, with all my heart, I urge you to release the power of trauma over your life. And it can be a process. You might have gotten a bad report, that's a trauma. What's happening in our country, that could be a trauma. It's not for me because I'm telling you, I know with all my heart, everything's going to be all right. I know it. I know the Lord is not finished with this nation. And so I began to set before the Lord and just say, Lord, I give you full permission. If there is any way of pain in me, Lord, search me and lead me in the everlasting way. And the Lord spoke to me one day, and I've shared much about it. He said, I'm bringing you full circle. He's bringing all of his people full circle. You all hear things, and then all of a sudden, all the prophets start saying it. And all that the Lord is doing is confirming to me, you hear my voice. So don't despise the little things. Don't cancel them out. And so when he told me he was bringing me full circle, I had no idea everything that was going to happen to me. But... I literally, on August 18th, went back to the old Eagle's Nest, which is now Friendship Church, and I spoke at a Women's Aglow there on Full Circle, and I named all the full circles. I don't have time to do that now. But one of the full circles that the Lord brought me to, and this is the one I want to share, is you know that uh, I've shared with you many times as a child, before my dad was born again, I'm going to say again, after he gave his heart to Christ, he was the nicest, kindest, sweetest, loveliest, most want to be around him every minute, 24-7 man I have ever met. But before he was born again, he had a lot of hurt. Because he had an absentee, very wicked father who showed up every now and then. And his biggest recollection of his father is when my dad was 18, his gangster mafia of the day, now this is way back in the 1930s, took a condom out of his pocket and handed it to my father and said, don't ever get a girl pregnant. That was the conversation with his father. And, you know, hurt people hurt people. That's why we need to deal with the hurts. If you don't deal with your hurts and your wounds, you're going to hurt somebody. And sometimes it will be irreparable. Except but God. So. So I had a lot of very, very strong beatings. And there were three in particular that were very, very damaging to me. And one day, my mother texted me. She said, Sandy, our old house is going on the market. And I said, oh, I want to go see it. And she had this brilliant idea to buy it. I don't even, I'm not even going there. Thank God they didn't take her lowball offer. But <laughs> anyway, so on a Thursday night, she texted me, and she said, I'm going tomorrow at 2.30. Can you come? And I said, "Ah, oh, Mom, I don't think so. I have a lot to do tomorrow. And as soon as I did that, the Holy Spirit said, you're going. This is part of your full circle. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go every place you were abused. And I want you to take back your life. And so I texted her. I said, I'll be there. I get there at two 30, and I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This realtor is going to think I'm nuts. But a lot of people think that and I don't care. And so guess what? Mother and the realtor go walking off because mom wanted to show her every part of the house which I thought was a job of a realtor, but apparently it was my mother. And I was left all by myself. And I went to those places where I suffered the most harm. And I would just point to them and say, in the name of Jesus, Sandy Ross, I take you back. I take my life back. Full circle. Why? You have to revisit those places of pain. And those places of pain will become your places of gain instead of stuffing them deep in those levels. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. What The door of what? Your heart. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. You see, you've got to invite him. He's knocking all the time. But he'll never force his way in. That would be the thief. Thieves break in. Jesus knocks. And it's yours and my choice. You know, a book came out some time ago called The Prayer of Jabez. And it's about Jabez. And, you know, and it was like, if you say this prayer for 30 days, your whole life will change. Whatever. But Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And he prayed this prayer. Oh, God, if you will bless me indeed. Enlarge my borders, if your hand will be with me. And if you will keep me from harm, that it will not hurt me. And the Bible says God granted his request. But here's the amazing thing. The mother, his mother named him Jabez because she brought him forth in pain. And you know that the word Jabez means pain. So when he prayed that you would keep me from harm, that it would not pain me, do you know he was saying keep me from myself? Because you are your own worst enemy. Not the devil. What did Jesus say about the devil? This should be on our refrigerator. The ruler of this world is coming. He has no place in me. I prayed that the other day. Lord, I want to say the same thing. He has no place in me. And so I am submitting myself to you, Lord. Show me any hurtful way in me, Lord, and lead me in the everlasting way. A couple of years ago, I did a series called, What Are You Nursing? Because women nurse, don't we? Even if you've never nursed, you got breasts for a reason. And we nurse things because we are very emotional creatures. I mean, men are solution-oriented by design. Women We carry the heart. And so we should be nursing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But instead we nurse hurt, pains, burdens, grudges, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, offense, anger. And you know what happens when you do that? It bottles up. It can cause disease because disease is disease. You have to remember in Psalm 103, one of the benefits is he heals all of your diseases. Who's he talking to? He said, Bless the Lord, all my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, soul, mind, the Lord heals your diseases, the Lord heals your emotions, and the Lord heals your mind. Psalm 19, 12 through 14. Who can discern his lapses and errors? Clear me from hidden, clear me from hidden and unconscious faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, and then shall I be blameless, and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgressions. Here you go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. That the man after God's own heart repeatedly prayed, God, get into the depths of me. And anything in me that can cause me harm, Lord, show it to me. Can we please stop repressing our pain? I was talking about Dr. Mark Jones talking about uh, trauma bonding. You know, you know, I'll always get back to where I was. And... uh After this seminar, I go out to the parking lot. I was in a real hurry. It had lasted, I think, three hours. I needed to go. And I hear somebody knocking on my glass. And I look up and I saw who it was. I thought, Dear God, I'm never going to get out of here. (laughs) How on earth can I drive off without hitting her? (laughs) I mean, I'm not even kidding. And I roll the window down and I said, Yes. And she said, I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of the pain. Because she had a lot of trauma bonding, and for good reason. Horrible, horrible things had happened to her. And I said, well, honey, you got to fill the hill. This is years ago. And what I always say, what the light reveals, the light heals. But if you want to stay in darkness, people, go ahead. There's only one way to overcome darkness, and that's with light. I mean, I can walk in a dark room and I can yell and scream and stomp and bind and loose and pray and decree and declare, light, come on. But if I don't flip that switch, it's going to stay dark. I'm telling you today, flip your switch. Hebrews 4.12, this was one of my very life-changing scriptures. And by the way, I did want to tell you the Hebrew in uh, Psalm 139. Search me means to find out and listen to what the primitive root is. To penetrate and examine intimately. That means you have to give him full permission. Know, my heart, is the word yada. Adam knew his wife. It's the word for intercourse. Intercourse. It's the word for intimacy, intimacy. and see if there be any hurtful way, and that Hebrew is pain or sorrow. I think that explains itself. Years and years and years ago, and I was in my 20s just to tell you how many years ago it was, but I'm still in my 20s because I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. So I love it when I tell people my age and they go, no way. Now you may be thinking, yes way. (laughs) I don't care. Because I'm comfortable in my own skin. And that is a work of the Lord. Because I'm telling you, I I was the proverbial ugly duckling. I hated everything about me. I hated my hair. I hated my nose. I hated my skin. I hated everything about me. I hated my arms, I hated my skinny legs, I hated my size, I I hated myself. But you know what's sad about that? You can't love other people if you don't love yourself. So now when I look in the mirror, I see the Word of God. And you know what the Word of God says in Song of Solomon too? I think it's set "No." Well, it's just read all the Song of Solomon because it's in there. See there, chapter two or chapter seven. And he said, My beloved, my darling, everything about you is beautiful. And there is nothing at all wrong with you. That's what Jesus said to me. And that's what Jesus says to you. One day I was praying. I'm telling you the truth, I do not speak Arabic. And I heard the Lord call me Habibi. Well, thank God that you can ask your phone now, any question you want. And so I asked my phone, what does Habibi mean? And it means sweetheart. Because guess what? Jesus speaks Aramaic. Isn't that cool? I forgot where I was. Oh, I I remember. I remember now. Hebrews 4.12, my monumental moment. So I was a young woman, I was in my 20s and I was so tired of suffering in my mind. I was so tired of the struggle. I was so tired of feeling inferior to everybody else and feeling insecure. And I did. I mean, I would compare myself with other women, bad idea. Hey, I'm going to tell you a secret. There's always someone who looks better than you. And there's always someone you look better than. <laughs> Cindy and I were at a event the other night and a woman came running up I'm just telling you the truth hey look it's your body it's your face if you want to have plastic surgery I'm good with it I, I don't care but this woman was overdone and she came running up and I'm telling you and she was to Cindy Cindy and Cindy was like who are you? I mean let me tell you something when someone is so so their whole persona is so transformed. Something's coming, going wrong on the inside of you. And I mean, I think we ought to do everything we can to look as good as we can. I personally, I don't like surgery of any form, so that's just not for me. But I think it's great. I think you look wonderful. I think it's marvelous. Do do whatever makes you feel better about yourself. But fix the inside. <laughs> fix the inside. Why do we spend so much on the outside when it's the inside that's broken? I hope you're hearing my heart. I mean, I think you're beautiful. And I'm telling you, when someone comes up to me, I'm looking straight through that out, outer appearance. Yeah, you know, we just, what? This precious Queen Elizabeth, there'll never be another queen like her. I'm positive. What a role model she was. And she looked so good at 96. She still carried herself with dignity. It's all about how do you carry yourself. I mean, Mama Lou's back there. Bonnie, how old old is Mama Lou? She is 97. She is absolutely stunning. Don't cover your face. She's so beautiful. I just want to look at her. I mean, her nails are always done. Her makeup is always pretty. She's got the personality that, I mean, the other day, Mama Lou, when you walked away from Randy, Randy goes, she's got so much spunk. I love it. I love it. Don't be afraid to be who you are because you are beautiful. I'm just telling you, if we spend as much time working on the inside as we spend on the outside, and I think you should work on the outside, okay? I'm not... I'm not going to stand up here and be a hypocrite. I told my children, when I die, you make sure I have on lipstick and under eye cover. You just be sure I do. And earrings. I'll be all right. It's the truth. I don't want you to think I have no vanity because several years ago, and I'm not going to tell the story, but when I was hospitalized because I had a a bad reaction and some medical not being taken care of um, and ended up in the hospital, and they did when I was not conscious. Otherwise, I wouldn't have allowed it because I'm pretty vocal. Uh, uh, What's it called? The EEG. And so when I finally was conscious again, I was concerned about my hair. And when I reached up, how many of you have ever had an EEG? I mean, they put super glue in your head or something. And when I reached up, my hair was hard and sticky. And so I started yelling at my children. (laughs) And asking them what they did to my hair. And I said, go get me a brush now. And so Courtney goes to the downstairs, whatever it is, and brings back a brush. And I said, you brought me a dog brush. (laughs) So... So I am just want to show you who I really am. <laughs> but back to the shower when I was in my 20s and I was feeling so bad about myself. I said, God, if I could only ask you for one thing, I would ask you for a pure heart. Because I'm so tired of suffering. I just want a pure heart, Lord. And I hear, I heard Hebrews 4.12. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It is active, operative, energizing, effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of your joints and your marrow and of the deepest parts of your nature. Exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging. The very thoughts and purposes of the heart. And I knew right then that the word of God was sufficient to deliver me. And it has. And you know, it's really cool that word judge is the Greek word kritikos. If you allow the word of God to be your critic. And tell you what's wrong with you. And get into your subconscious. This is not hard. All you have to do is give him permission. To revisit those areas that have caused you pain in your life. And I'm not telling you to do anything. I give God permission all the time, Lord, any hurtful way in me. One thing that this health coach coach teaches, and I think it's very, very important, is to ask this question. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? And, yet it's kind of funny. I just did this. And even though, I mean, I have been off sugar now for almost five years. And I've told you why. I was a sugarholic. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean, the other night that, you know, there was this beautiful cake and I had one little bite, I mean, tiny bite, that was it. And to be honest with you, when, when you get off of sugar, it's so sweet, you can hardly, I mean, you do, it's like a pickle, you just go like that. But I asked the Lord, because, I mean, I, I wanted sugar, I didn't want, I, forget dinner, you know, that old, let's have dessert for dinner. I mean, I didn't care about food, I just wanted sugar. Or I'd eat a big bowl of oatmeal, and there was more sugar in it. But it was brown sugar, so that's okay. (laughs) And I asked the Lord, why, why, why did I do that? And you know, he opened my mind, and and I saw. When I was a little girl, I was, I'm pretty sure one of the original latchkey kids. And the bus would drop me off at, at the house that I went back to and revisited a few weeks ago. And I would go in. I was all by myself. My sisters are a lot younger than me, and I don't really know where they were. I guess they were, had a babysitter. But I would be all by myself. How many of you remember Knowlton's ice cream? See, you're telling how old you are. And my mother always had big cartons of Knowlton's vanilla ice cream. You know, in those days, you had three flavors. Chocolate, vanilla, Good girls. I know the young people are going, what? And I would get that Knowlton's out, and I would make myself the biggest bowl of ice cream you've ever seen. And I would put Bosco and whipped cream and maraschino cherries. You could not pay me to eat those now. Well, maybe if it were enough. And nuts and you name it. And I would do that every single single day. And then we moved to Germany when I was a teenager. And I had no friends. I didn't know anybody, couldn't speak the language, nothing. I was lonely. And we lived in a hotel for three months before base housing was available. And it was called the American Arms Hotel. And the six of us had these two tiny rooms and one bathroom. And my mother, and here I was, people, I mean, I was almost 16 years old, living in a foreign country. Didn't have any friends. And my mother would go down to the, they had a commissary in the lobby. And she would buy cartons of ice cream. And I would eat the whole carton by myself. <laughs> what was I doing? I was comforting myself. Because I was lonely and alone. Now that, this might not, might not seem much to you. I'm 5'5 five five, but I'm small boned. And I weighed 45 pounds more than I weigh now. And it was all sugar. I'm not telling you not to eat sugar. You can eat whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I had to understand why I did what I did. So ask yourself, why do you do what you do? Because why you do what you do tells a lot about what you've stored, including your emotions. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence by Him, and without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness has never overpowered it. That's why I love the light. It cannot overpower the darkness. I was reading 1 John 1 this morning, like I told you. And this is the message we've heard from him and are reporting to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And then he goes on to say, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Nothing I want more than to have fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But if you walk in the darkness, you cannot. Why? Because God is light. God is light. And if you want him to help you and heal you, I love that help and heal have the same first two letters. If you want him to help you and to heal you, you got to walk in the line. You got to bring it out. Why do I do what I do? Let him to expose those things in your self-conscious that you stored away. This man describes it like this, and I like it. He said, Your mind takes a screenshot of the things that happen in your life. And if you don't deal with them in consciousness, they store. They're put in that file in your subconscious. That's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place because you are living out of reaction instead of out of response. I could never understand why. If Randy got mad in traffic, and how many of your husbands get mad at traffic, I just please make me feel better. just pretend, <laughs> raise your hand. okay, thank you I would go into a complete catatonic shell because see, I grew up with so much rage, and so what happened? That area of my subconscious, and then I would get mad at him. He didn't even do anything to me, he was just mad at. Crazy drivers, of which his wife is one. But instead, I was reacting to the trauma. Do you understand? So you can sit there looking all holy and, oh, I don't have any. Oh, right. Okay, well, that's fine. Romans 13.10, love does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is fulfilling the law. You see, hurt people hurt people, but love never hurts anybody. If you hurt somebody, it's because you haven't dealt with your own hurts. I'm just trying to help you like like God has helped me. Acts 10.38, we're going to close. Well, in a minute. Yeah, we are going to close. Acts 10.38, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power and how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. He healed all oppressed by the devil. Listen to me. All disease and dis-ease is satanic oppression. All of it. All of it, all dis-ease is satanic oppression, and this verse proves it. But we've got to deal with what's allowing it. Now, as I said, next week we're going to talk about the tyranny of religion, and I have actually something I'm going to show you that has been life-changing for me. I want you to know I deeply appreciate the many of you that were here for worship. There is something you will get in worship that you will never get anywhere else. I'm just telling you. God inhabits the praises of his people. So it's an automatic invitation to Jesus to remain in our midst. So thank you. I was so proud of you. I mean, just so proud of you. But are you ready to allow the word, the light, the one who is light to judge you? Are you ready to allow him to heal you? Oh, I'm just shy. Why? Why are you shy? Oh, I'm scared to speak up. Why? Do you remember what God said to Adam? Who told you you were naked? But oh no, we take our little fig leaf because we have to cover our shame. Isn't God gracious? You know, I mean, that's about as stupid as you take something this size. Because you know you're naked and you just try to to cover your nakedness. Everybody knows you're naked. Hebrews 4.13 says, All things are naked and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He will never, ever rebuke you, ever, for telling him the truth. He knows it anyway. So are you ready? Will you start your day speaking to the one who is light? Will you give him permission to go to those areas of pain and heal you? He'll never hurt you. He will never hurt you. Will you stop storing what people said and did and thought? I want you to realize that by the time you were 20 years old, we do have some people here under 20 years old, you still have a chance. By the time you were 20 years old, your entire self-image and self-worth were already formed in your subconscious. By the time you were 20 years old, fact. Ask a therapist, they'll tell you. So the value you give yourself and the image you have of yourself was stored in your subconscious by the time you were 20 years old. I'd say we have some work to do. I would say, let's put on our lipstick and under eye cover and get in the light and be healed. Because Jesus said, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and turn and be healed. That's all you have to do. Now, in two weeks, when I share with you the tyranny of religion... Uh, literally, and I, I, it, ha- it was been life-changing for me, very life-changing, and so I'm excited that you trust me to take you on the journey with me of my own life. I truly love you. I truly appreciate you. I truly value you, and I truly want to be those champions with you that possess the land and take others with you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are light, your word is light, your word is truth, Jesus is the light of the world, and you called us to be salt and light. And so I ask you, Lord Jesus, that that one thing you tell each person to do, you will give them the courage to do it. One thing, and above all, that they would invite you into the very recesses of their soul to bring to the forefront of their mind, as you have done and are doing for me, Every hurt and pain and trauma. Because you promised that the light would dispel and overpower the darkness. Thank you for the power of light. And thank you that you are leading us into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for joining us If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.